Hello, this is Michelle Donatian with Moments with Michelle. I hope you are having a fantastic evening. Welcome to today's episode for Monday, August the 13th, 2018. Can you believe how quickly August is going? I know I said it just the other day, but I'm just amazed at how fast fall will be here. If you're like me, you love fall and you start thinking about things becoming new, the newness of it all. I, I think of fall as the newness of it all because, well, the school year is beginning. Everything seems to be beginning. But today we're going to be talking about new beginnings, moving forward. And I'm so excited to share with you here today. You know it's one of my absolute favorite things to be to do is really to be here with you. It really is so, so special to me. So I'm just so, I'm so thankful that you're tuning in. I thank you for joining me and let's get started in prayer. <sighs> oh, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for being so mighty and so glorious and so wonderful because you are so just loving. Oh, and we thank you for your grace and your mercy. I, I thank you for just being so patient with me and with all of us. Lord God, you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us. You loved us so much that you would create us, that you could have relationship with us. Oh, there is no greater love, but we choose to love you today because you loved us. And we ask you to continue to keep, draw us nearer to you. Each and every one here, draw them nearer to you, Lord God. Draw them nearer to you. You say that if we draw nigh to you, then you'll draw nigh to us. So I just ask you right now to draw each one nearer to you by your Holy Spirit. Give them revelation as we talk here today. Lord, change their hearts. Open up their eyes that they may have understanding. And I promise to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. I love you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, thanks. Amen. Oh, friends, today is going to be a fantastic episode. I'm so excited to share with you. I love to share about moving forward because moving forward is so important in our lives. You know, we all have things that have gone on in our past and we all have things that we're dealing with now and things that we need to get out of, things that we want to get out of and things that so many of us have felt like you know, and maybe you, maybe you felt like it where you just felt like I can't uh, get out of this or you felt like you just couldn't move forward. Well, friends, there is freedom and an answer in the Lord Jesus Christ because you don't have to be stuck in whatever it is you've been stuck in. You don't have to be stuck in whatever you've been stuck in. So let me go back. Let me explain to you why to me fall is the most exciting part of the year. I love fall for a few reasons. One reason because, well, it's very mild, the, the temperature, the weather, I, I think it's just wonderful. I, I, um, it's just cool. It's not too hot, not too warm, not too cold. It's, to me, it's just perfect. But the other reason, and really the biggest reason, is because as a kid growing up, uh, you know, I always loved school. When I was a kid growing up, there was just, it just was so special to me. And I remember 
The day before school, the night before school, I could never sleep. I could never sleep because I was so excited about the next day, about my new friends. My, really, I don't even know if it was the new friends. It was, I loved to learn and I still love to learn. And I loved the, the maybe it was the people, I don't know. I love people now. And I probably always did, but whatever it was, I couldn't articulate it then. But now I just know I was so excited and I could not wait. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't wait for this school day to begin. And it was, I, I had struggles in school. The kids made fun of me when I was in elementary school. Uh, when I moved to a new elementary school and, and in, in junior high school, uh, and I didn't have any that kind of struggle in high school, but even though I dealt with those things, I absolutely loved school. So the beginning of the school year, the fall, is such a special time to me because I always feel like it's time for a fresh and new beginning. And my friend, don't we all need that? A new and fresh beginning. Don't we all need a new and fresh beginning? Because we've all had these things that we've been holding on to and dragging us, you know, dragging along with us wherever we went. And some of us, we just didn't know how to let go of that thing. We've been dragging it for years. Some of you have been dragging that thing for years. Some of you have been dragging unforgiveness for years. And you know you need to let it go, but maybe you don't know how. You name the thing you've been dragging or holding on to and it's been holding you back and you know it. It's time for a new beginning. So you have a new beginning. You have an opportunity for newness of life in Jesus Christ. See, when I was a kid, I loved the new beginning because I felt like I could start fresh. And, you know, I remember... So when I lived, I, I lived in Louisiana uh, as a kid. I, I, my father was in the military, so we traveled a lot. And I was born in New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Then we lived in uh, Washington State. And then we moved to Louisiana. And when we lived in Louisiana, that's where I started school. I went to first grade. And I remember, you know, I just enjoyed school. First grade, I remembered learning all of these different things. I, I don't remember really the teacher's name, but I just remember learning so many things. Then second grade, I remember my teacher, Miss Barr. I don't think I'll ever forget Miss Barr. I don't know what she looked like. I remember she had blonde hair. I remember that much. And I remember she was so nice to me. And I remember I thought she was very pretty. But I think, you know, every little kid, when they have a teacher that shows them love, I think that we all think they're very pretty. But I'm sure she really was. I just, I can't remember anything but how nice she was. She was so sweet to me. I remember her name, Miss Barr. And I remember she had blonde hair. That's all I can remember. And I loved school. I don't remember anything in particular sticking out about her class except for, you know, I just loved school. That's all I loved. And I had some trouble a little bit with some of the kids that, that I didn't quite fit in with, but... It didn't really bother me much. I, I remember it, but not a whole lot. And, and I had a really good friend, and uh, I guess you would call her my best friend, and her name was Tiffany. Tiffany Papillon was her name. And I remember we would go and we would walk around. And, and in, in Louisiana, we lived in Alexandria, Louisiana, and there was the 
old base housing and new base housing. So if you're familiar with military, I think that might be something similar in a lot of military bases. I know it here is in, it, it is in Dover Air Force Base. So I remember we'd walk around. She lived in, I think she lived in new base housing, if I remember correctly. Pretty sure, yeah. She lived in new base housing. And I just have such fond memories of just walking around with her. And, and we were young kids, you know. I grew up in the 80s. And I think my parents also, not only because we were in the 80s, maybe my parents were a little more lax than maybe they should have been, I don't know. Uh, or it could have been just, you know, in the 80s. I've heard a million people say it. Your parents would say, go outside and play and don't come back unless you're going to stay inside. So you wouldn't come back because you didn't want to stay inside. So we would just play outside until it was dark and come home. And whether that was my parents or the 80s or a combination of the both, Nonetheless, that's what I did for the most part with my friend, Tiffany. And Tiffany was the only one that I remember really liking me in second grade. I don't remember, though, people not liking me except for this one little group of kids that they liked Tiffany, but they didn't like me. And it was just one small group, and it didn't bother me much. It bothered me a little enough to, to notice it, but I was in the second grade. And then I remember in the third grade, I had Mrs. Smith, and Mrs. Smith was a tough teacher. I remember she was really strict. She's kind of like I am as a teacher, you know, um, but I loved Mrs. Smith, and I remember I, she, she was really, the only thing I remember in her class was math. I remember math, and I know we learned other things, but I just remember math, and I think I remember, uh, I can't remember a whole lot else, but Mrs. Smith was, she was from the South, I remember, and I remember sometimes she would talk to us about her personal life, like, not like, you know, inappropriately, but I just remember she always, she was, she would tell us about how she liked grits. Now, uh, if you're from the South, which, you know, I lived, like I said, in Louisiana, you like grits, or at least you grew up eating grits, or you know what grits are. And in the South, either you eat them with butter, salt, and cheese, or just butter and salt, or you eat them with like butter and syrup. And I remember, I and I still love grits today, with butter, salt, and cheese. I can eat them with butter and salt, but I prefer them with butter, salt, and cheese, scrambled eggs on the side, and if you've got some sausage, I'll love that with it too. But Mrs. Smith liked hers with syrup and butter, and I remember that. And Mrs. Smith was just so nice and that was my third grade year and I it's funny because I believe I, I had a fourth grade teacher I'm sure I did but I can't remember that fourth grade teacher in Louisiana because that was the year that my father got got stationed in Delaware and so we moved to Delaware when I was in the fourth grade halfway through the fourth grade school year and it was the winter time and I remember I came, and when I lived in Louisiana, uh, this was the 80s, remember, and I don't know if any of you um, know about these different styles, but I had a jerry curl, and I used to get a jerry curl. A lady would do it in her house for me, and, you know, I guess my hair looked good. I don't remember. I just remember being a little kid, and sometimes my mother would put a relaxer in my hair, I guess, before that. I, I don't remember all the details, but it's important because I remember when I came to Dover Air Force Base. And I remember I got my hair done by a woman. And this woman was a Caucasian woman. 
And now we had never been here before, you know, so we were just, we just, my, I guess my mother found a salon somewhere. And, you know, I am an African-American woman and the woman was Caucasian and our hair is different. And there are lots of things that you can do to both of our hair and use the same products, but there are some things you cannot use in both of our hair because our hair is different. Um, and of course, I was a little kid. I just went wherever my mom said to go. And my mother didn't know um, because, well, I guess really who would know that? Most people, I guess, didn't know that. I don't know, but she didn't know. So the woman did my hair and she said she knew how to put a curl in my hair, uh, in, 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 in African-American kids' hair or, or people's hair, not just kids, but, but she didn't. And when she put the products in my hair, it literally burned my hair almost completely off. It was, I think it's called a cold wave. And I'm not sure because I'm not a Caucasian woman, so I'm not really sure all the different chemicals and things that people put in their hair except for what I've experienced in my own life. But I know I never had a cold wave. And she put a, I believe it's called a cold wave in my hair. And the chemicals were too strong for my hair. And it burned almost all of my hair off. And it gave me chemical burns on my scalp. And she had to cut my hair so short it was probably an inch long. Now if you can imagine as a kid, going to school with hair that was an inch long. And, and, and nowadays, if you are, you know, hip to the, uh, the natural hair scene, then that's not such a big deal maybe for some of you because now it's a little more popular. But back then in the 1980s, we didn't have natural hair. Nobody wanted natural hair. We wanted, we wanted a jerry curl. And so my hair was about an inch short. And it certainly, I don't think it's popular now for kids for little kids now, it's maybe for us adults, you know, we, we've got more confidence, but I think it might still be difficult for kids. I don't know. But it was for me at that time in my life. And I remember, you know, I came to school and my hair was really, really short and the kids made fun of me. And if you know kids, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of times kids will find anything to make fun of. And we have to be very, very wise as parents and as teachers and as adults in their lives to, you know, stop that kind of behavior. But it happened. And it was so bad. I remember, you know, I would cry before I would go to school. And I remember my teachers, a couple of my teachers, in the fourth grade, I had Mr. Well, now it's funny. I say I remember, but I can't remember one. But he was my, like, like homeroom teacher. And he was really nice. He was an older man. And then I had another teacher that I still every once in a while run into now today. And he was the music, no, he was the English teacher, Mr. Bratton, that's his name, Mr. Bratton. And uh, if, you're, if you're listening, Mr. Bratton, woo woo, Michelle Donatian here. And uh, anyway, uh, but I remember, you know, the kids just made fun of me. Well, of course, I wanted them to stop. So I had family in New York, my mother's from New York. And my father, uh, my father's from Trinidad. His mother's from Venezuela. But when he came to America, he moved to New York. And a lot of his family members that are in America still moved to New York. So we would go to New York all the time. And especially since my mother's family was there, we'd visit them. And I had a cousin, Cousin Lisa. Good old Cousin Lisa. And she was training to be a hairdresser. And she was older than me. 
I, I think she was 18 years old at the time. I, I can't remember. She was young, but to me, she was much older. And so she put what we called at that time extensions in my hair. And basically, they're braids. But back then, in the 80s, we called them extensions. And I remember it took her hours to put those things in my hair. I We stayed up all night long. And I thought they were so beautiful. And now I had this long hair. And she put beads in the hair. And, and some of you might remember this. If you were an African-American kid in the 1980s, when braids, or I should say extensions that we called them, came into style uh, or came into popularity, we would put beads at the end because it was just so pretty. And if you ever watched the show Facts of Life with Tootie, it was kind of like her hair. But nonetheless, I just thought it was so beautiful and I was so excited because I didn't want to be made fun of anymore. So I go to school, and in my mind, I was just beautiful. And I remember the kids, they made fun of me from the moment I walked in until, I mean, it never stopped. It never stopped. And it made me, it made me cry. I mean, I, would, I hated to go to school. You know, I was depressed. I was stressed out, and they called me extension lady. You know, I can say it without crying now. And of course, you know, I've forgiven those people now, but it just shows you how kids will use anything. Extension lady. I mean, that's what they called me. They danced around me as I sat on the swing and I cried and they called me extension lady. Now, I don't share that with you to say, oh my goodness, you know, what a hard life I had, but that was tough, okay? Now, I'm sure you've gone through something similar. I know I'm not the only one. But follow along with me here. So, junior high school, you know that, basically went on in, in elementary school. And it waned a little bit. It, it, it did wane a little bit. I didn't get made fun of so mercilessly in the fifth grade and in the sixth grade. It's funny, I, I, I'm thinking back. I haven't thought about this in so long. Um, in the fifth and the sixth grade, and I remember my teachers, but Every year still, I couldn't wait to get back to school. I couldn't wait to get back to school because it was just like a new beginning for me. So fifth grade, I had some teachers that I absolutely adored that were so sweet and so kind to me. Then I got sixth grade, I had another teacher and I don't remember him being like loving to me, but he was just, I liked his class. He was, uh, Mr. Fenton was his name, I remember. And I had another uh, teacher, Mr. Potoski, and every once in a while I've run into him as well. He was my science teacher, and science was one of my favorite subjects. And so every year, fall would be my new beginning. And so junior high school came, and now when I was in the fourth grade, I started playing an instrument. I started to play the flute. And so I played in the fourth grade, the fifth grade, the sixth grade, and I was in the band. Uh, in the seventh grade, in junior high school, we called it junior high school. I know some people call it middle school, but we called it junior high school. And that was seventh and eighth grade. And so at that point, I had met my new friend, and her name was Stephanie, Stephanie Williams. And I remember Stephanie and I were friends. We were best friends for about 20 years after that. But Stephanie and I were best friends, and she was really kind of my only friend in junior high school. But every year... I still couldn't wait to go back. You see, there was something about that new beginning to me that gave me hope and made me feel like everything was going to be better. 
So junior high school came. I was in junior high school. Me and Stephanie was really kind of, like I said, my only friend. Uh, there was another girl that was really nice to me. Her name was Patricia. Patricia Fowler. If you're listening, Patricia, hello. And I was so mean to Patricia. See, I was taking out all my, you know, all the people who made fun of me because a lot of them still made fun of me in, in junior high school. Uh, I, I, they called me a nerd or I don't even remember some of the names, but basically that's what I was. And um, But Patricia was the, I don't know why, I felt like I could pick on her. So I picked on her because everybody else picked on me. And of course I've since, you know, uh, you know, I've since repented for that kind of behavior. It was horrible, but that's what I did. And still the next year, eighth grade, I came back excited, thought everything was gonna be new. Everything was gonna be fresh. Eighth grade was just about the same. So then ninth grade comes. My parents decide to buy a house off the base. So we were no longer going to the base, to the school on the military base. So that meant new friends. Um, you know, I had never been really off the military base in, that, in, 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 in this state before. And I didn't know what to expect. And I wasn't a shy person, really. I was kind of shy because of what had happened to me, but not really shy. Um, I babysat a lot. All the adults loved me <laughs> because I felt like they wouldn't make fun of me. They weren't, you know, I didn't think about it consciously at the time, but none of the adults made fun of me. So I was always confident and, and I always felt good. And I went to like my, uh, you know, little uh, Catholic youth group. I grew up going to the Catholic uh, Catholic church. And so, you know, I always you know, the adults were always really nice to me. So I babysat, I did stuff there with the, you know, the Catholic church. And so my parents bought a house and they bought a house and we moved in in the fall. Yet again, another new beginning. But see, this school year was different. And I remember I was so excited. And, you know, it was so special to me. I can still remember the smell of the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, uh, there were a lot of houses that had fireplaces. And in the fall, you know, the nights begin to get a little cool and crisp. And I remember the summer, you know, right before fall, before the new school year began, I could smell all the fireplaces outside. We didn't have a fireplace, but I could smell the fireplace because I would leave my window open at night, uh, you know, the and, and, and I could smell the smells. and. The fall was so special to me. And I remember every year in the fall, I would get magazines. This was before the internet. I would get magazines and I would look through the magazine. My favorite was the JCPenney magazine. Not that I particularly liked the clothes. It was, there was just something new about choosing new clothes. I loved fashion, I still do. Um, so I would look through the catalogs and pick out things that I wanted to wear and I would think of a new hairstyle and new makeup for the school year because it was a fresh new beginning. So there was always something about the fall that was so new to me. And so we come around to this time of the year and it doesn't mean because it's the fall that this is the only time that you can have a fresh start. But for whatever reason in my life, this always is a really extra special, hopeful time for me. And I just wanna share with you that you don't have to wait for the fall. And that's kind of, you know, a 
just my human side, you know. I mean, we're, we have, you know, spirit and we have flesh and, and that's just my human side. And I enjoy that and I enjoy the fall and all the things that come with it. But the truth of the matter is, it's also a very special thing that you and I have through Jesus Christ. It's even, that's the most important thing that we have. We have an opportunity for new beginnings. New beginnings. Just like every fall, I didn't look back. I don't know how, because I didn't have Jesus. I was not a Christian, but for some reason, every fall, I was so hopeful for the future. And we have that and so much more in Jesus Christ. See, today is a new day for you. Today you have an opportunity to look forward and to stop looking back. You gotta stop looking back to the past and all of the things that you did. Yes, you've got to learn from them. I understand it, I get it, I completely do. I'm a proponent for learning from your mistakes. But once you learn from your mistakes, you've got to look forward and move forward and never look back on those mistakes again. Unless you're thanking God that he took you out of them. That's the only reason to be looking back on those things. If you're not still in the middle of your sin, it's time to move forward. And maybe you're saying, well, Michelle, you don't understand. I, I have this thing in my life and I've been in sin. And Okay, I understand because, you know, I've been there. I've been there. I, I completely understand. It's time for you to look forward to Jesus Christ with hope. A new beginning is a fresh start for you and for every last one of us. It's time for you to say, I'm not going to wade in the waters of the past any longer. I'm not going to hold on to what happened to me in the past any longer. I'm going to choose to let go and I'm going to look forward to the hopeful future that God has given me. See, I was a little girl and I did it every year. I was so excited. I would, I mean, the, the night before I shared with you anticipation, I could not sleep. That's how excited you should be and even more. Because, you, do you know why? The reason is because you have a savior that will literally wipe all of your sins away. I don't go a whole lot into my sinful past because my Lord wiped all those sins away. And he does the same for you. All you have to do is repent. That's it. It's that simple. That's it. And he says it in his word that he will wipe all the sins away. In fact, they're forgotten. He has no recollection of them, no memory of them, no remembrance of them. That's something to be hopeful of. Dear friends, oh my, that's something to be so hopeful of. You don't have to be held in the past. I used to have, okay, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. And, I mean, we all have. But I used to have a lot of people, and still some people do it, and they will try to bring my past up and like throw it in my face and try to like put it back on me. And something that the Lord showed me, and I don't, I'm not held to that stuff any longer because you know, I know the truth in Jesus Christ. And what I realized, and this was 
an epiphany for me is that Michelle died. That Michelle died. Because in Christ, my sin was crucified on the cross with Jesus. I pick up my cross and I die to myself daily. So all those sins that those people are trying to remind me of and put back on me or, or they just hold on and always remember and never forget it. Michelle will always be this and she's always been that. That's your bondage, not mine. I'm not held to that because I look forward with expectation for my new life in Christ. Every day, there's something new. Every single day. So maybe you've got people. Maybe they're people close to you. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's your old friends. Maybe it's people in your church. I mean, come on. Human beings are human beings. And human beings, whether saved or not saved, make mistakes. And human beings can try to put things on you or keep things on you that God took away a long time ago. So I tell you today, moving forward means you don't have to be held accountable any longer for the past. Once you repent, and that's the key. Because the Bible says that when you repent, that means that God brought you to a place of sorrow, and it's a good sorrow because it will bring you to repentance, meaning you will turn away from your sin, and then you'll go and sin no more. And once you've repented, once you've said, Lord God, forgive me for my sin, because we all have to do it every day. I have to do it. You've got to do it. Everybody has to do it. Because you're human. You have flesh. And as long as you are on this side of heaven... In the physical body that you have here today, you're going to sin. That's just what the Word says. So as long as you have sin in your life, you're going to have to need to repent. But God is faithful to forgive you. That's what the Word says. You don't have to look back and say, oh, I did it again, Lord. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. What you need to do is say, Lord God, forgive me for my sin of, you fill in the blank, and ask the Lord to help you move forward. The Bible in the book of James says that you ask him. If any man lack wisdom, ask God. Ask him. He'll give you wisdom. I know I have to ask him, Lord God, this thing that I did for so long, I'm done with it. I don't want it anymore. I want you more than I want that thing. Whatever that thing is for you, Fill in the blank. I know you know what I'm talking about here. So I have to say to the Lord, I don't want that thing anymore. I don't want it anymore. I want you more. I need your help, Lord God. Give me wisdom. And then he answers my prayer because the Bible says that he will. He will answer us. That's what the word says. So you look forward. You say, okay, I am in sin. That's the first step actually right there you got to read your word to see, oh, this has been my sin. This has been my sin. See, I used to have a sin. Uh, unforgiveness was a real struggle for me for many years. And I really didn't know it was a sin. I knew it was, I knew it made me feel like, Icky, Nikki's not the right word. I knew it didn't make me feel right after I became a Christian. 
but I also grew up with unforgiveness all around me, and that's really all I knew. I was an angry person for many years, many, 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 many years. I didn't even know I was angry, but I was angry because I was holding on to unforgiveness. All the hurt that had happened in my life, I was holding on to it, and I didn't know. And then when I became a Christian, I still had a lot of unforgiveness in my heart because then it turned to bitterness. And the Lord showed me in his word that if I don't forgive, he won't forgive me. It's in the book of Matthew. I know I've shared it with you before. Maybe you're new to the broadcast. I'm going to take you there. The book of Matthew chapter 6. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer when the disciples asked the Lord Jesus to show them how to pray. The book of Matthew chapter 6, verse... Okay, let me get there. Which one is it? Here we are. All right. 14 and 15, okay? And it says in verse 14, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Well, there you go. That's an if. Anytime you see if in the word of God, that means it's contingent. One thing is contingent upon the other. If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Wait a minute now. See, when I read that, I was, I, honestly, I was shocked. I, I didn't know that. I really didn't know it. And that's the thing. That's why it's so important to read your word. So I read my word. I learned it. I said, oh, oh. I knew some areas where I had been unforgiving. Um, but others I didn't realize was unforgiveness. So, you see, I dragged that for years with me, that unforgiveness. And when I realized it, then I cried out to God because I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know how to stop being unforgiving. I didn't know. And maybe you're the same. If you are, whether it be unforgiveness, whether it be laziness, the Bible calls that sin, laziness. Maybe there are things in your life, maybe, oh golly, there's so many things. Maybe it's anger and wrath. Maybe it's, you know, you need to go Maybe you need to be praying. Maybe you need more. Maybe you need to be reading the word. Maybe you stopped reading the word. You need that. The Bible says we need it. God said we're supposed to do it. Did you know that? Everything that he says in the word is a command to us. If we go against what he says to do in his word, we are in sin. Did you realize that? I didn't know that for a long time. When I got that revelation, I said, oh my gosh. Not just the Ten Commandments, but everything he tells us to do. It's not a recommendation. It's twofold. It's a command. But you see, because God is such a loving God, that command is there because it will bring us life. See, obedience, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice. When we obey God... He will deliver us. I can't tell you how many times oh, my obedience has just brought such fruit and I had no idea. 
I just didn't even know. I just knew, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to be obedient. Okay, and then later on I find out, oh, because of my obedience, God did this. Because of my obedience, God did that. But we've got to learn to be obedient. So he gives us these commands because he wants to be good to us. He's our Father in heaven. And he wants you to stop looking back. Remember Lot's wife in the book of Genesis? And the angel told her, don't look back. Told them, don't look back. As they were fleeing from Sodom and Gomorrah because God was destroying it. Do you remember that? Go to your word and read that. And the thing that happened, so go, go, go to your word. It's so important for you to see that. Lot's wife, she suffered because she looked back at the old life, the old sin. God gave them the opportunity and the chance to escape because of Abraham's prayer, because of what Abraham said to God. God sent his angels to go take Lot and his family out of the out of the out of Sodom and Gomorrah because he was going to destroy the rest of the city and everyone in it. But he spared Lot, his wife, and he would have spared their children and their his his daughters, Lot's daughters and husbands as well. But Lot's husbands didn't listen. Excuse me, not Lot's husbands. Lot's daughters' husbands didn't listen and they stayed. They thought he was, you know, joking. So they stayed, they were destroyed. Lot's daughters went with him. Lot's wife went with him. And Lot's wife, just like everybody else, had a chance for a new beginning, a new start. They were going to be destroyed if God hadn't delivered them out of it. So they were on their way to the new place, a new life. That's really what it is. And she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. That's it. She was gone. That's how serious it is when you keep looking back on your old sin and you instead of looking forward. See, looking forward, moving forward is the way that you're going to move forward in the things that God has called you to do. See, here's the thing. If you continue to look back, then you're going to stay back there. And not only are you going to not be able to move forward into the things that God has called you in, but you're going to actually continue repeating because you put yourself back there. You don't want to wallow in that sin. You left that. Move on. Don't let people put that on you and don't let people continue to remind you, oh, remember how bad you were? No, that Michelle died. I can tell you some stories that you would say, what? And I'll tell you, God changed my heart from before I was a Christian to when I became a Christian. And then I'm not even talking about that time. I'm now I'm talking about after I became a Christian and all of the sin I committed in my life. I'm not any different than you. You are human and God knew we would all be in this sinful flesh. But he wants us to look forward because he has a mighty call on your life. I don't know what it is. You probably know what it is, and maybe you don't. 
But the only way to find out and to carry it out is to now say, Lord God, I'm done with all these other things. All these things taking me away from you. I'm deciding now to have a fresh start. And I'm going to do it with excitement because the Bible tells us a fresh start. Think about it. Imagine if you were Lot in his family and you just realized what happened. God delivered you and you would have been destroyed with the rest of those people, but now you have a chance at a new life. Don't you think you'd be excited? I would be excited. And you should be too. God is a God of second chances. Your chance isn't up. All you've got to do is repent. That's it. That's it. That is it. When you repent, now you've got room to move forward. Oh, ho, ho. this is the thing that gets even more exciting because, you see, now that you're moving forward, now there's room to do those things that God has called you to do. And there's probably been this dream in your heart that you always wanted to do. You always had this dream in your heart. See, I remember a long time ago, you know, um, when I was a little girl, um, well, I don't think it's even important to share that with it with you. But here's the thing. You've got your dreams that you had since you were a little girl or a little boy. Or maybe it was something that God showed you. Maybe you thought, I could never do that. But you just keep seeing yourself doing that thing. Or maybe you can just feel it deep in your bones that this is the thing you're supposed to do. Or maybe you don't know what that is. I remember my mother used to say, I don't know what God's called me to do. I don't know what my call is. That's okay. Press into God and he will show you. Be patient. In that patience, the Bible says, let patience have a perfect work in the book of James, right? So... It is a trial, I think. It can feel like a trial when you're trying to figure out, Lord, what is this thing that you called me for? But just be patient. Be patient while you wait and press in and spend more time with the Lord God because he's drawing you here. He's drawing you near to him. Why else are you listening to this broadcast? Because this was God-ordained. This was ordained by God that I would share with you about this today that this is something that you would be here to listen to and that God is opening your eyes right now and I'm so excited about it. God is showing you there's something new that's about to happen and I think you've already known it. I think you've been on the edge of your chair feeling like there's something new that's gonna happen in this season but you didn't know what it was. You don't know what to expect but you just know God is doing something new or he's about to do something new. You know it, you know it with everything in you. Keep looking forward, keep looking forward, keep looking forward. If you look back, it's gonna take you back. Look forward. God has a plan for you in your life and it's an exciting plan because it's to serve him in his kingdom. I don't know what that plan is for you, but I know how exciting it is to me to carry out the call that he has on my life. 
it's so exciting because, you know, I tell you in the beginning, probably every broadcast, I don't know if I do it every broadcast, but I always feel this way. It's so special to me to spend this time with you. I don't know if you'll ever know. It's so special to me to spend this time with you because God put it in me. It's deep inside of me, a desire to share what God puts in my heart to share with you. That's my call. That's part of my call. And that's why I've got to do it. I have to do it. Not because I have to be obedient to God. Yes, I do have to be obedient to God. But you see, God put a desire in me that if I don't do it, I feel like I'll explode. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, I think, know what I'm saying. God put the desire in me to do it. There was a time when I didn't have the desires that God has. And I asked him to give me his desires. And then he did. I asked him, I said, Lord God... I am tired of doing things Michelle's way. Michelle has messed up a whole lot of things in Michelle's life and in others' lives. Michelle, I'm done with Michelle with the flesh. That's, that's, that's the flesh. That's Michelle. Now it's time to walk in the spirit. God, I need you to give me what you have a desire for. I need you to see, show me. I need you to give me eyes for your sweet people so that I may see them the way you see them. All of them. Because think about it. What if he didn't look at you with the love that he has in his heart? You wouldn't be here today. I know I wouldn't be. I always remember a young group of girls when I was a kid, teenager. And I just remember how God used them. I just remember how God used them to minister unto me. And if God didn't look at you with love, where would you be today? So that's why that's my prayer. And that's why I love coming to you. I absolutely adore you. I don't see all your faces. I wish I could and hug you all. And maybe one day, you know, when I, uh, 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 maybe you'll come to one of my speaking events and, uh, uh, and, and we'll get to meet face and face, face to face and hug. But until I get to meet you face to face, I hope you know that every moment that I'm here with you, it is an honor and a privilege to me. It's because it's my desire. So what is it that you are waiting on in God? What is that thing? You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, uh, preaching the gospel that, you know, necessarily that... Every All of us as Christians are called to do that, yes. Maybe not as preachers and teachers, but all of us are, are to spread the gospel. That is a truth. But then, I mean, what did God call you to do? What, is, what, what, is it, what, does, what does he want you to do in your life? I'm not sure that I know how to separate them because for me, it's all wrapped up into one. So I can't tell you, you know, what God has called you to do. But I can tell you that he knows what he created you to do. And you either have an inkling of it, or maybe you're discovering it now, or maybe you fully know. Or maybe you've been walking in it, or maybe you haven't been walking in it. I'm here to encourage you and tell you, step out in faith. Stop looking at the behind, behind you. Stop looking at those things and listening to what people said to you. 
All you've got to do is repent. So you're probably saying to me, but Michelle, you don't understand what I've done. Okay, here's my question to you. I used to ask my daughter this all the time. Did you repent? Yes, mom. Now move forward. If you didn't repent, go take care of that now. Because that's the key. Go take care of that now. Come back when you're done. When you and the Lord have gotten that taken care of. And then let's pray together, you and I. And then let's move forward. You can't move forward if you're not willing to repent. That's the truth. Because you're going to always feel like you're stuck. Like something's holding you back. And it's your sin holding you back. If you don't repent, you're not going to be able to walk out in the fullness of who God has called you to be. Yes, you've got a gift and God gives gifts without repentance. So there are going to be things that you're going to be able to do. But you will not be able to walk in the fullness of what God has called you to walk in. I'm telling you from the experience and I'm telling you from the word. You cannot walk in the fullness of God when you still walk in sin. You just cannot. Either you love God or you love the enemy, the devil. And that's where your flesh comes in. Okay? You want to get even with that person? That's not from the Lord. You've got to say, Lord, I'm going to pick up my cross. Because you see, serving God, there is a cost. But it comes with such a wonderful reward. You've got to pick up your cross daily. That's not easy. I've always been an opinionated person. Always. Used to get me into so much trouble. And when the Lord began to show me and teach me how to speak when it was the appropriate time, Let me just say, if you begin to pick up your cross daily, you're going to find the things that used to be a hot button for you are no longer a hot button. That's what you're going to find. You know what hot button it is. Maybe you have a few. I think most of us have had a few in our lives. <laughs> You've had a few. And it's time for you to let go because it's sin. Whatever that thing is that every time someone does, I'm going to give you a couple of examples, okay? Maybe you have a problem with road rage. You know, Christians, I've heard many Christians tell me that. You're not supposed to live that way. That isn't okay. But lots of Christians think, oh, well, you just don't understand. You get me behind a car, then they're going too slow, and they start cutting me off, and boy, I lose my Christianity. That doesn't honor God. That's not, that, 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 there's, there's something wrong with that on every single level. If we're supposed to love our neighbor and pray for our enemy, how does you cussing out that person that was slowing down in front of you or driving really slow, how does that honor the Lord? That doesn't. You go to your word and you look and see what it says. And I can tell you from personal experience, okay? I used to have road rage. Trust me, I know from whence I speak. Not only do I know how wrong it is, but I also know how tough it is to let go. But you gotta let it go. That's one step away from the Lord. It's the truth. One step away from the Lord. That road rage... Rage is the word. Rage. Contention and strife. God is not in that. Wherever there is contention or strife, 
There's the absence of God. It's time for you to say, I'm going to take up my cross today. And I'm no longer going to be involved in red rage. Maybe your thing is when somebody cusses you out, you cuss them out back. Christians aren't supposed to cuss. I know lots of Christians who say, no, this isn't a cuss word or it's okay. No, that's wrong. That's filthy talk. The Bible tells us that we're not supposed to speak with that kind of language, filthy language. That is sin. Maybe I ruffled your feathers just now. You need to look in your word. You need to look at that. That is sin. That doesn't honor God. But I also know I had a filthy mouth myself before I became a Christian and after I became a Christian as well. And God delivered me from that. Maybe you're saying to yourself, well, Michelle, you just don't understand these people in my life, you know. I've got this one, and every time I see her, she, you know, on my job, she's always just, you know, she tries to get under my skin, and every time I see her, and she she just can't stand me, and I didn't do anything to her, and and, and all I did was try to be nice to her, and, and every time she sees me, she has nothing but bad things to say. I've been there, too. Now, why am I telling you I've been there? Because I'm not just telling you, like, well, you know, I've had this perfect life, and it's so easy for me, but you just got to suck it up and just kind of do it. No, I'm telling you from experience. I know it's difficult. I know. There are going to be people in your life that can't stand you because of the Jesus Christ in you. That is called the enemy, and that's called a spiritual battle, and that's what they all are. The Bible tells us the battle is not between flesh and blood. It's all about the principalities and the spiritually high places. All about that. All about that. I just paraphrased. All about that. You know the scripture I'm talking about. It is nothing to do with the flesh in the sense that it is not about human beings. It is all in the spirit realm because it's the enemy against you. He's the enemy of your soul, friend. He's the enemy. Satan is the enemy of your soul. And he's going to do everything he can to beat you down so that you will not walk in the spirit and you will not walk in the freedom and the fullness of God. He knows that'll be so frustrating for you because that is something that God wants for you and there'll be a desire within you and it'll be like a war inside of you. The Bible says it. See, I know personally and you know too. Those are just a couple of examples. You insert your own. I do understand. And I also know you better give it up and pick up that cross and say, Lord God, I repent for getting angry. I repent for cussing that woman out. I repent for having unforgiveness in my heart because she doesn't like me. I repent, Lord God, that I can't couldn't forgive my husband. I repent, Lord God, that I've been angry with my father for 25 years. I repent, Lord God, that every time I get behind the wheel of the car, when people cut me off, I start saying things that I shouldn't say. I repent, Lord God, for being envious and wishing that I had that girl's life or that man's life because I had this life or whatever it is that you know, you, you know where it is, okay? I repent, Lord God, that I haven't been spending time with you every single day. Yeah, that's another one right there. Because how can you grow if you don't spend time with him? You can't. How do you have a relationship with someone 
and you don't spend time with them. Think about it. Remember you had your boyfriend when you were in high school or whatever it was, whatever you had a boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe you're married now. If you don't spend time with that person, you cannot foster a healthy relationship. You can't. There is no way to grow a healthy relationship without spending time with that person. You know it. I know it. And it's the same thing. Just like with your kids. You spend time with them. You see, God is our Father in Heaven. And it brings him great joy to spend time with us. Just think about how you feel when your kids want to spend time with you. I know I am absolutely ecstatic when my daughter wants to spend time with me. It means the world to me. And imagine how much more. I mean, I can't even put, and I'm going to tell you, I'm a mother. Some of you out there are mothers. Some of you out there are fathers. And you know the way I feel. You know what I'm talking about. It is everything to you. You as soon as they say, well, if they said to you, can we go hang out? You're there. You're there. You're going to find a way. If you can put that work aside or whatever it is, you're putting it aside. And you are there because it is the most special thing in the world to spend time with that child that you love so dearly. And they don't even understand it. They, I don't know that they will until fully until they're parents themselves. But you and I know, and just think about your father God. Who wants to spend time with you? And if he's perfect, and we're not perfect, imagine the love that he has for us and how he feels when we come spend time with him. See, he wants you to spend time with him, not because of... I, I, I can't even give you all the reasons, you know? But what I can tell you is it matters to him. He loves us so dearly that when we spend time with him, he will always come, every time, always. You cry to him, he's going to answer. You sit down with your word, you begin to worship him, he's showing up. So my friends, I just want to encourage you today. Look forward. Look forward. Don't look back. That dream that God put inside of you. Look forward and you're going to carry it out. I want you to know that I pray for you and I'm going to be praying for you. And God be with you. So let's close in prayer, my friends. And let to God be the glory. Lord God, we come before you now. We just Thank you for all that you've done and everything that you've shared here today. Lord God, I ask that you touch each heart here today. Give them the strength and the desire to turn away from the sin, to turn to you and to be drawn into your bosom. We thank you, Lord God. And I will give you all the glory, the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Friends, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much. You know you can find me on the Anchor app. Send me a message. Tell me what you thought of today's broadcast. You can also go to anchor.fm. You can also go to so many different places. Uh, you can catch me on my Facebook page. You can also catch me on, <clears throat> excuse me, on Twitter. You can also catch me on my YouTube page, Michelle Donatian Inc. is the name of those. Uh, Michelle Donatian on the Twitter page. You can find me on Instagram, Michelle Donatian. And on the broadcast, 
the podcast. It's Monday nights, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. I love you. Check us out on the podcast all over the place. You can find us on anchor.fm forward slash Michelle Donatian. You can do it online. That'll give you the chance to listen in online or download the Anchor app, as I mentioned to you before. All you have to do is go to Anchor uh, on your Play Store, your Google Play Store, or in the App Store if you have an iPhone, and you can download it there. Uh, Anchor, the app, the Anchor app is a fantastic app that has a lot of really wonderful um, features. You can send me a voicemail to tell me how things are, you know, how this broadcast has been impacting you. I really would love to hear your comments. Uh, you can send me a message just to tell me a prayer request. Know that I'm praying for you. And that's something that you can do with the Anchor app, but you can also go to anchor.fm forward slash Michelle Bonatine. Uh, you can also find Moments with Michelle on the Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is type in Michelle Donatian, Moments with Michelle Donatian. You can go to Google Podcasts, and it's the same thing, uh, Moments with Michelle Donatian. Spotify, you can go to Breaker, and the website, you can go to Breaker at uh, breaker.audio forward slash Moments with Michelle. Castbox, castbox.fm forward slash channel, ID 1360702. You can go to Overcast. Overcast.fm and uh, forward slash iTunes 13888037700 forward slash moments with Michelle Bonatian. And you can go to Radio Public and that is play.radiopublic.com forward slash moments with Michelle. So again, as I mentioned before, you can find me on Facebook under Michelle Bonatian Inc. You can go to Twitter under Michelle Bonatian. You can go to my Instagram page, Michelle Bonatian. And we're also going to be uh, show, we have videos on YouTube as well. Uh, we broadcast on YouTube on Tuesdays. We have Testimony Tuesday, and we also have Freedom Fridays. So Fridays are going to begin actually this week. So you can look forward to that new episode. But new episodes are every Tuesday and every Friday. And we're also going to be posting live on uh, Twitter as well as um, Periscope as well. And it's just under Michelle Donatian. So as I mentioned to you before, I'm so grateful that you came to listen to us. I wanted to just make sure I gave you every place that you can find me and listen to the broadcast. I would love your comments. I would love you to subscribe so that you never miss a beat. Sometimes I have special podcasts, special broadcasts, and when you are subscribed on my YouTube page or you like my, um, my Facebook page uh, or you subscribe to my Anchor broadcast um, page, then you never miss a beat because anytime there's something new, you get a notification and you get to tune in and you can listen to it right then. And it is such a blessing. So, friends, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And check us out on those other places because we do often have live broadcasts on Instagram, uh, Facebook Live, Periscope, and on YouTube as well. 
And when you do come on to those live events, it's a great time to ask questions, to interact, because I love to hear what you have to say. I love to hear your comments because it's such a blessing to me to be here. And I know God has a plan for you and your life. So thank you again. God bless you. I love you. Good night.